Amen. You may be seated. As you turn in your Bibles to our scripture reading tonight, Micah and Zephaniah, prophet Micah and the prophet Zephaniah will be reading. Before we read, though, let me uh, jo- ask you to join me in a prayer for God to open our eyes and prepare our hearts to receive his word. Heavenly Father, send your spirit to us, the spirit that illumines our eyes and hearts and minds, the spirit that gives light and understanding, the same spirit who inspired the word through prophets and apostles and those who accompanied them, that same spirit speaks to us and opens our eyes so that we may understand your word. We pray for this work of the spirit tonight in our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, I also need uh, several people to volunteer. Uh, we did not meet last week because of floods and pestilence and <laughs> tribulation, <laughs> which took out Route 38, apparently. Uh, but I did prepare a, a f- short uh, fact sheet on uh, Philippians and Colossians from last week. If I could get a couple guys to, uh, or, or girls, to hand out these. But uh, we've also got for tonight, Daryl, you can come back. No, really. For Micah and Zephaniah this evening, get one here, and you guys can hand these out. Thank you. So as you know, the last several weeks, we've been reading uh, books of the Bible in our evening service. Uh, A couple of reasons. Paul instructs Timothy to give himself to the public reading of the word. I understand things were different back then. They didn't have their copies of the Bible. They did not have cell phones with Bible apps on them. They did not have tablets with Bible apps on them. Please still bring your Bibles. It's, it's good to know your way through the Bible itself, the book itself. So uh, please, if, if you can, uh, read from the Bible itself. Uh, also, we read these books, it's all the way through, because you get a different sense of the book by reading it straight through, instead of having it broken up into small pieces that you cover from week to week. So that's what we're going to do tonight with two Old Testament prophets, Micah and Zephaniah. Uh, they are called minor prophets, not because their message is small, but because they're usually shorter. And uh, so... We, uh, we are going to read them. I uh, also remind you, well, uh, let's look just a moment here at this uh, little sheet of paper uh, that was handed out. Gives you some facts behind uh, Micah and Zephaniah. Uh, but two themes that we're going to run across in these, in these books. In, in both books, we're going to run across what I call the prophetic pattern. The prophetic pattern is, uh, is a, a theme that we find throughout the Old Testament prophets. And it's a, because most of the prophets wrote to in the context of the coming judgment on Judah or Israel. Israel's the northern kingdom, Judah's the southern kingdom. Because most of the prophets wrote in that context, we, uh, we find messages of near-term judgment that God is going to bring upon his people because of their sins and because they have broken the covenant. We'll have a, a kind of a reference to that in the book of Micah. 
But the prophetic perspective also includes more future blessings that God will pour out on his people. And you might say, well, why, is, why would God do that? Because God is faithful to his promises. He is faithful, and he is, ju- uh, he is just and punishes iniquity. He's also merciful and remembers his covenant promises. Uh, this is a, a beautiful pattern that we see in the Bible. We also, when we read Zephaniah, will come across a, a reference to the day of the Lord. And this is a, a theme that begins to grow in the Old Testament and continues through several Old Testament books, but then also is picked up in the New Testament. And there are references in the New Testament to the day of the Lord, uh, Acts, 1 Corinthians, 1 2 Thessalonians, and 1 Peter, 2 Peter all refer to the day of the Lord, and even though the book of Revelation doesn't refer specifically to the day of the Lord, the real, that, that is its real theme, is the, is the uh, coming of the day of the Lord when Jesus returns. So those are two themes we want to be aware of as we read these books. Let's turn to Micah chapter 1, and we'll begin reading uh, here. Micah's seven chapters long, and we should be able to cover it this evening. Again, if you have questions about what we're reading, uh, please remember them, and we'll take some time at the end for questions about these texts. The word of the Lord that came to Micah of Moresheth in the days of Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah, kings of Judah, which he saw concerning Samaria and Jerusalem. Hear you people, all of you, Pay attention, O earth, and all that is in it, and let the Lord God be a witness against you, the Lord from his holy temple. For behold, the Lord is coming out of his place, and will come down and tread upon the high places of the earth. And the mountains will melt under him, and the valleys will split open like wax before the fire, like waters poured down a steep place. All this is for the transgression of Jacob and for the sins of the house of Israel." What is the transgression of Jacob? Is it not Samaria? And what is the high place of Judah? Is it not Jerusalem? Therefore I will make Samaria a heap in the open country, a place for planting vineyards. And I will pour down her her stones into the valley and uncover her foundations. All her carved images shall be beaten to pieces. All her wages shall be burned with fire. And all her idols I will lay waste. For from the fee of the prostitute she gathered them. And to the fee of a prostitute they shall return. For this I will lament and wail. I will go stripped and naked. I will make lamentation like the jackals and mourning like the ostriches. For her wound is incurable, it has come to Judah, it has reached to the gate of my people to Jerusalem. Tell it not in Gath, weep not at all in Beth Ephra. Roll yourselves in the dust, pass on your way, inhabitants of Shafir, in nakedness and shame, the inhabitants of Zanan, do not come out. The lamentation of Beth Ezel shall take away from you its standing place. For the inhabitants of Maroth wait anxiously for good, because disaster has come down from the Lord to the gate of Jerusalem. 
harness the steeds to the chariots, inhabitants of Lachish. It was the beginning of sin to the daughter of Zion, for in you were found the transgressions of Israel. Therefore you shall give parting gifts to Morasheth Gath. Gath, the houses of Akzib, shall be a deceitful thing to the kings of Israel. I will again bring a conqueror to you, inhabitants of Marishah. The glory of Israel shall come to Adullam. Make yourselves bald and cut off your hair for the children of your delight. Make yourselves as bald as the eagle, for they shall go from you into exile. Woe to those who devise wickedness and work evil on their beds. When the morning dawns, they perform it because it is in the power of their hand. They covet fields and seize them and houses and take them away. They oppress a man and his house, a man and his inheritance. Therefore, thus says the Lord, behold, against this family, I am devising disaster from which you cannot remove your necks and you shall not walk haughtily for it will be a time of disaster. In that day they shall take up a taunt song against you and moan bitterly and say, We are utterly ruined. He changes the portion of my people, how he removes it from me. To an apostate he allots our fields. Therefore you will have none to cast the line by lot in the assembly of the Lord. Do not preach. Thus they preach. One should not preach of such things. Disgrace will not overtake us. Should this be said, O house of Jacob, has the Lord grown impatient? Are this, these his deeds? Do not my words do good to him who walks uprightly? But lately my people have risen up as an enemy. You strip the rich robe from those who pass by trustingly with no thought of war. The women of my people you drive out from their delightful houses. From their young children you take away my splendor forever. Arise and go, for this is no place to rest because of uncleanness that it destroys with a grievous destruction. If a man should go about and utter wind and lies, saying, I will preach to you of wine and strong drink, he would be the preacher for this people. I will surely assemble all of you, O Jacob. I will gather the remnant of Israel. I will set them together like sheep in a fold, like a flock in its pasture, a noisy multitude of men. He who opens the breach goes up before them. They break through and pass the gate, going out by it. Their king passes on before them, the Lord at their head. There was, I, I'm interrupting here, there was a transition right there. A very sarcastic verse. If someone comes to you and utters winds and wind and lies, saying, I will preach to you of wine and strong drink, he would be the preacher for you people. You would like him. Somebody said something about having teachers that, scratch their itching ears. But there's a transition when it, then it says, I will, assuredly I will surely assemble all of you. Notice at the end of verses thir uh, verse 13, their king passes on before them. God has assembled his remnant, his people, and as they join together, God, their king passes on before them, and the Lord is at their head. 
That's the indicator that there's a transition here. We've shifted a perspective. Okay, let me continue. And I said, hear you heads of Jacob and rulers of the house of Israel. Is it not for you to know justice? You who hate the good and love the evil, who tear the skin from off my people and their flesh from off their bones, who eat the flesh of my people and flay their skin from off them and break their bones in pieces and chop them up like meat in a pot, like flesh in a cauldron. Then they will cry to the Lord, but he will not answer them. He will hide his face from them at that time because they have made their deeds evil. Thus says the Lord concerning the prophets who lead my people astray, who cry, Peace, when they have something to eat, but declare war against him who puts nothing into their mouths. Therefore it shall be night to you without vision and darkness to you without divination. The sun shall go down on the prophets and the day shall be black over them. The seers shall be disgraced and the diviners put to shame. They shall all cover their lips for there is no answer from God. But as for me, I am filled with power with the Spirit of the Lord, and with justice and might, to declare to Jacob his transgression and to Israel his sin. Hear this, you heads of the house of Jacob and rulers of the house of Israel, who detest justice and make crooked all that is straight, who build Zion with blood and Jerusalem with iniquity. Its heads give judgment for a bribe. Its priests teach for a price. Its prophets practice divination for money. Yet they lean on the Lord and say, Is not the Lord in the midst of us? No disaster shall come upon us. Therefore, because of you, Zion shall be plowed as a field. Jerusalem shall become a heap of ruins, and the mountain of the house a wooded height. It shall come to pass in the latter days. By the way, here's a big transition. It shall come to pass in the latter days that the mountain of the house of the Lord shall be established as the highest of the mountains, and it shall be lifted up above the hills, and people shall flow to it. And many nations shall come and say, Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob, that he may teach us his ways, and that we may walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go forth the law, and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. He shall judge between many peoples and shall decide disputes for strong nations far away, and they shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nations shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war any more. But they shall sit every man under his vine and under his fig tree, and no one shall make them afraid, for the mouth of the Lord of hosts has spoken." For all the peoples walk each in the name of its God, but we will walk in the name of the Lord our God forever and ever. In that day, declares the Lord, I will assemble the lame and gather those who have been driven away and those whom I have afflicted. And the lame I will make the remnant and those who were cast off a strong nation. And the Lord will reign over them in Mount Zion from this time forth and forevermore. And you, O tower of the flock, hill of the daughter of Zion, to you shall it come, the former dominion shall come, kingship for the daughter of Jerusalem. Now why do you cry aloud? Is there no king in you? 
Has your counselor perished that pain seized you like a woman in labor? Writhe and groan, O daughter of Zion, like a woman in labor. For now you shall go out from the city and dwell in the open country. You shall go to Babylon. There you shall be rescued. There the Lord will redeem you from the hand of your enemies. Now many nations are assembled against you, saying, Let her be defiled, and let our eyes gaze upon Zion. But they do not know the thoughts of the Lord. They do not understand his plan, that he has gathered them as sheaves to the threshing floor. Arise and thresh, O daughter of Zion, for I will make your, out, your horn iron, and I will make your hoofs bronze. You shall beat in pieces many peoples, and shall devote their grain to the Lord, their wealth to the Lord of the whole earth. Now muster your troops, O daughter of troops. Siege is laid against us. With a rod they strike the judge of Israel on the cheek. But you, O Bethlehem Ephrathah, you who are too little to be among the clans of Judah, from you shall come forth for me one who is to be ruler in Israel, whose coming forth is from of old, from ancient days. Therefore he shall give them up until the time when she who is in labor has given birth. Then the rest of his brothers shall return to the people of Israel, and he shall stand and shepherd his flock in the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God. And they shall dwell secure, for now he shall be great to the ends of the earth, and he shall be their peace. When the Assyrian comes into our land and treads in our palaces, then we will rise, raise against him seven shepherds and eight princes of men, they shall shepherd the land of Assyria with the sword and the land of Nimrod at its entrances. And he shall deliver us from the Assyrian when he comes into our land and treads within our border. Then the remnant of Jacob shall be in the midst of many peoples like dew from the Lord, showers on the like showers on the grass which delay not for a man nor wait for the children of man. And the remnant of Jacob shall be among the nations, in the midst of many peoples, like a lion among the beasts of the forest, like a young lion among the flocks of sheep, which when it goes through, treads down and tears in pieces, and there is none to deliver. Your hand shall be lifted up over your adversaries, and all your enemies shall be cut off. And in that day declares the Lord, I will cut off your horses from among you and will destroy your chariots. And I will cut off the cities of your land and throw down all your strongholds, and I will cut off sorceries from your hand, and you shall have no more tellers of fortunes, and I will cut off your carved images and your pillars from among you, and you shall bow down no more to the work of your hands, and I will root out your Asherah images from among you and destroy your cities." And in anger and wrath I will execute vengeance on the nations that did not obey. Hear what the Lord says. Arise, lead your case before the mountains, and let the hills hear your voice. 
Hear, you mountains, the indictments of the Lord, and you enduring foundations of the earth. For the Lord has an indictment against his people, and he will contend with Israel. O my people, what have I done to you? How have I weaned you? Uh, How have I wearied uh, you? Answer me, for I brought you up from the land of Egypt and redeemed you from the house of slavery. And I sent before you Moses, Aaron, and Miriam, O my people, remember what Balak, king of Moab, devised, and what Balaam, the son of Beor, answered him, and what happened from Shittim to Gilgal, that you may know the righteous acts of the Lord. With what shall I come before the Lord and bow myself before God on high? Shall I come before him with burnt offerings, with calves a year old? Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams, with ten thousands of rivers of oil? Shall I give my firstborn for my transgression, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? He has told you, O man, what is good, and what does the Lord require of you but to do justice and to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God. The voice of the Lord cries to the city, and it is sound wisdom to fear your name. Hear of the rod and of him who appointed it. Can I forget any longer the treasures of wickedness in the house of the wicked and the scant measure that is accursed? Shall I acquit the man with wicked scales and with a bag of deceitful weights? Your rich men are full of violence. Your inhabitants speak lies and their tongue is deceitful in their mouth. Therefore I strike you with a grievous blow, making you desolate because of your sins. You shall eat but not be satisfied, and there shall be hunger within you. You shall put away but not preserve, and what you preserve I will give to the sword. What you, you shall sow but not reap. You shall tread olives but not anoint yourselves with oil. You shall tread grapes but not drink wine. For you have kept the statutes of Omri and all the works of the house of Ahab. And you have walked in their counsels, that I may make you a desolation and your inhabitants a hissing, so you shall bear the scorn of my people. Woe is me, for I have become as when the summer fruit has been gathered, as when the grapes have been gleaned, there is no cluster to eat, no first ripe fig that my soul desires. The godly has perished from the earth, and there is no one upright among mankind. They all lie in wait for blood, and each hunts the other with a net. Their hands are on what is evil to do it well. The prince and the judge ask for a bribe, and the great man utters the evil desire of his soul. Thus they weave it together. The best of them is like a briar. The most upright of them, a thorn hedge. The day of your watchman, of your punishment, has come. Now their confusion is at hand. Put no trust in a neighbor. Have no confidence in a friend. Guard the doors of your mouth from her who lies in your arms. For the son treats the father with contempt. The daughter rises up against her mother. The daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. The man's enemies are the men of his own house. But as for me... I will look to the Lord. I will wait for the God of my salvation. My God will hear me. Rejoice not over me, my, O oh my enemy, when I fall, I shall rise. 
When I sit in darkness, the Lord will be a light to me. I will bear the indignation of the Lord because I have sinned against him until he pleads my cause and executes judgment for me. He will bring me out to the light. I shall look upon his vindication. And then my enemy will see, and shame will cover her who said to me, Where is the Lord your God? My eyes will look upon her. Now she will be trampled down like the mire of the streets. A day for the building of your walls. In that day the boundary shall be far extended. In that day they will come to you from Assyria and the cities of Egypt, and from Egypt to the river, and from sea to sea, and from mountain to mountain. But the earth will be desolate because of its inhabitants, for the fruit of their deeds. Shepherd your people with your staff, the flock of your inheritance who dwell alone in a forest in the midst of a garden land. Let them graze in Bashan and Gilead as in the days of old, as in the days when you came out of the land of Egypt. I will show them marvelous things. The nations shall see and be ashamed of all their might. They shall lay their hands on their mouths. Their ears shall be deaf. They shall lick the dust like a serpent, like the crawling things on the earth. They shall come trembling out of their strongholds. They will turn in dread to the Lord our God, and they shall be in fear of you. Who is a God like you? pardoning iniquity and passing over transgressions for the remnant of his inheritance. He does not retain his anger forever because he delights in steadfast love. He will again have compassion on us. He will tread our iniquities underfoot. You will cast all your sins into the depths of the sea. You will show faithfulness to Jacob and steadfast love to Abraham, as you have sworn to our fathers from the days of old. I don't know about you, but that I'm hot. <laughs> I'm warm right now. You see the mixture of judgment and future blessing. Judgment is coming soon. The Assyrians are basically at the gates of Samaria. The Babylonians are coming to the gates of Jerusalem. Judgment is coming. And the, the detail, the powerful description of the wickedness of the people. By the way, did you notice that, that uh, Micah has prophecies against the kings, against the prophets, and against the priests? Hmm. But there is someone coming, isn't there? Out of you, Bethlehem, Ephrathah. Though you be little, you're such a tiny little village, but out of you will come one who will shepherd my people, Israel. It's one of the first great messianic references in the Old Testament, one of, one of the great ones. And of course, it's quoted in the New Testament. So there is in that prophetic pattern, judgment coming. But God, who is a God of steadfast love and faithfulness, will remember Jacob and remember Israel, and he will purify you. He will cast your sins into the ocean. He will take away your idols, and even though it's going to be a very painful process for you, God 
as a refining fire, and he will purify his people in accordance with his faithfulness, and he will restore the remnant of the people, and he will make them blessed and mighty again. And that is the prophetic pattern that we find in almost all the prophets. Any quick questions about, we'll come back to questions in a little bit, but any quick ones about Micah? I don't see any hands. You, you run, really want to get to Zephaniah. When would, who even remembers that Zephaniah is in the Bible? I mean, Zephaniah, who reads Zephaniah? We don't even know what, to, what that is. But it's a minor prophet. It's three chapters long, a little shorter than Micah. And Zephaniah has this reference to the day of the Lord, which you might want to ask some questions on later, but we will read through Zephaniah right now. How are we doing on time? Oh, we're pretty good. Okay. Zephaniah. The word of the Lord that came to Zephaniah, the son of Cushi, son of Gedal, uh, Gedaliah, son of Amariah, son of Hezekiah, in the days of Josiah, the son of Ammon, king of Judah. I will utterly sweep away everything from the face of the earth, declares the Lord. How different is that from God loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life? I will utterly sweep away everything from the face of the earth, declares the Lord. I will sweep away man and beast. I will sweep away the birds of the heavens and the fish of the sea and the rubble with the wicked. I will cut off mankind from the face of the earth, declares the Lord. I will stretch out my hand against Judah and against all the inhabitants of Jerusalem, and I will cut off from this place the remnant of Baal and the name of the idolatrous priests along with the priests. Those who bow down on the roofs of the host, to the host of the heavens, those who bow down and swear to the Lord and yet swear to Milcom, those who have turned back from following the Lord, who do not seek the Lord or inquire of him. Be silent before the Lord God, for the day of the Lord is near. The Lord has prepared a sacrifice and consecrated his guests. And on the day of the Lord's sacrifice, I will punish the officials and the king's sons and all who array themselves in foreign attire, on that day I will punish everyone who leaps over the threshold and those who fill their master's house with violence and fraud. On that day, declares the Lord, a cry will be heard from the fish gate, a wail from the second quarter, a loud crash from the hills. Wail, O inhabitants of the mortar, for all the traitors are no more. All who weigh out silver are cut off. At that time I will search Jerusalem with lamps. And I will punish the men who are complacent. Those who say in their hearts, the Lord will not do good, nor will he do ill. Their goods shall be plundered, and their houses laid waste. Though they build houses, they shall not inhabit them. Though they plant vineyards, they shall not drink wine from them. The great day of the Lord is near, near and hastening fast. The sound of the day of the Lord is bitter. The mighty man cries aloud there. A day of wrath is that day, a day of distress and anguish, a day of ruin and devastation, a day of darkness and gloom, a day of clouds and thick darkness, a day of trumpet blast and battle cry against the fortified cities and against the lofty battlements. 
I will bring distress on mankind, so that they shall walk like the blind, because they have sinned against the Lord. Their blood shall be poured out like dust, and their flesh like dung. Neither their silver nor their gold shall be able to deliver them on the day of the wrath of the Lord. In the fire of his jealousy, all the earth shall be consumed for a full and sudden end he will make of all the inhabitants of the earth. Gather together, yes, gather, O shameless nation, before the decree takes effect, before the day passes away like chaff, before there comes upon you the burning anger of the Lord, before there comes upon you the day of the anger of the Lord. Seek the Lord, O you humble of the land and do his just commands. Seek righteousness, seek humility. Perhaps you may be hidden on the day of the anger of the Lord. For Gaza shall be deserted, and Ashkelon shall become a desolation. Ashdod's people shall be driven out at noon, and Ekron shall be uprooted. Woe to you inhabitants of the seacoast, you nation of the Cherethites, the word of the Lord is against you, O Canaan, land of the Philistines, and I will destroy you until no inhabitant is left. And you, O seacoast, shall be pastures with meadows for shepherds and folds for flocks. The seacoast shall become the possession of the remnant of the house of Judah, on which they shall graze, and in the houses of Ashkelon they shall lie down at evening." For the Lord their God will be mindful of them and restore their fortunes. I have heard the taunts of Moab and the revilings of the Amorites, Ammonites, how they have taunted my people and made boasts against their territory. Therefore, as I live, declares the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Moab shall become like Sodom and the Ammonites like Gomorrah, a land possessed by nettles and salt pits and a waste forever. The remnant of my people shall plunder them, and the survivors of my nation shall possess them. This shall be their lot in return for their pride, because they taunted and boasted against the people of the Lord of hosts. The Lord will be awesome against them, for he will famish all the gods of the earth, and to him shall bow down each in its place all the lands of the nations." You also, O Cushites, shall be slain by my sword. And he will stretch out his hand against the north and destroy Assyria, and he will make Nineveh a desolation, a dry waste like the desert. Herds shall lie down in her midst. All kinds of beasts, even the owl and the hedgehog, shall lodge in her capitals. A voice shall hoot in the window. Devastation will be on the threshold, for her cedar work will be laid bare. This is the exultant city that lives securely, that said in her heart, I am, and there is no one else. What a desolation she has become, a lair for wild beasts. Everyone who passes by her hisses and shakes his fist. Woe to her who is rebellious and defiled, the oppressing city. She listens to no voice. She accepts no correction. She does not trust in the Lord. She does not draw near to her God. Her officials within her are roaring lions. Her judges are evening wolves that leave nothing till the morning. 
Her prophets are fickle, treacherous men. Her priests profane what is holy. They do violence to the law. The Lord within her is righteous. He does no injustice. Every morning he shows forth his justice. Each dawn he does not fail, but the unjust knows no shame. I have cut off nations. Their battlements are in ruins. I have laid waste their streets so that no one walks in them. Their cities have been made desolate without a man, without an inhabitant. I said, surely you will fear me. You will accept correction. Then your dwelling would not be cut off according to all that I have appointed against you. But all the more they were eager to make all their deeds corrupt. Therefore, wait for me, declares the Lord, for the day when I rise up to seize the prey. For my decision is to gather nations, to assemble kingdoms, to pour out upon them my indignation, all my burning anger. For in the fire of my jealousy, all the earth shall be consumed. For at that time, I will change the speech of the peoples to a pure speech that all of them may call upon the name of the Lord and serve him with one accord. From beyond the rivers of Cush, my worshipers, the daughter of my dispersed ones, shall bring my offering. On that day you shall not be put to shame because of the deeds by which you have rebelled against me. For then I will remove from your midst your proudly exultant ones, and you shall no longer be haughty in my holy mountain, but I will leave in your midst a people humble." And lowly, they shall seek refuge in the name of the Lord. Those who are left in Israel, they shall do no injustice and speak no lies, nor shall there be found in their mouth a deceitful tongue. For they shall graze and lie down, and none shall make them afraid. Sing aloud, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O Israel. Rejoice and exult with all your heart, O daughter of Jerusalem. The Lord has taken away the judgments against you, and he has cleared away your enemies. The King of Israel, the Lord, is in your midst. You shall never again fear evil. On that day it shall be said to Jerusalem, Fear not, O Zion. Let not your hands grow weak. The Lord your God is in your midst, a mighty one who, who will save he will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you by his love. He will exult over you with loud singing. I will gather those of you who mourn for the festival so that you will no longer suffer reproach. Behold, at that time I will deal with all your oppressors, and I will save the lame and gather the outcasts, and I will change their shame into praise and renown in all the earth. At that time, I will bring you in, at the time when I gather you together, for I will make you renowned and praised among all the peoples of the earth when I restore your fortunes before your eyes, says the Lord. And that ends the prophet Zephaniah, you see the prophetic pattern again. It kind of alternates in these books, goes back and forth. And what did you learn about the day of the Lord? What kind of a day is it? Day of judgment, day of darkness, trumpet sounding, battles, and so forth. But it's a day of destruction, of judgment. But, well, I'm not finished yet. I'll hold on to that question. But you notice also those references to on that day, God will then bless his people. 
What we find out is that theme of the day of the Lord grows, first into the Old Testament, then into the New Testament. It's both. There's two sides to the day of the Lord. There's the judgment side, which he brings destruction upon the wicked, but there's the blessing side in which he brings salvation to his people and restores his people. That all is wrapped up in this theme in the Old Testament of the day of the Lord. Some passages emphasize one side, some the other, but it becomes blended together. So ultimately in the New Testament, the day of the Lord is identified with the second coming of Jesus too. And it's a day of judgment for the wicked, and it's a day of salvation for the righteous, for those who have trusted in God, right? Uh, go ahead with your question. Yes. Oh, it's, I, I would say almost primarily it's temporal. Uh, it, 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 it is going to be a historical period—it may not be confined to one 24-hour period, but it will be— an actual historical temporal event. Um, and, you know, given that it's referred to in the New Testament and linked with the coming of Christ, the ultimate day of the Lord, I would say there had been some lowercase days of the Lord. And, and in fact, the prophets would say that the destruction of Jerusalem was, was kind of a, a preliminary a preview, if you will, of what is to come to the whole world. Uh, but ultimately, that day of the Lord uh, comes. Yeah. Well, he talks, he talks about the, the imminent judgment that's coming, uh, depending on the prophets. So in Micah, you notice the prophecy is aimed at both the northern and southern kingdoms. In Zephaniah, it's mainly aimed to the southern kingdom. But uh, he talks about the judgment falling on the nations. Well, God uses these nations to bring punishment on his wicked people, but then he also judges those nations for their wickedness. They don't escape. They don't escape his judgment. Judgment of God will be global, ultimately, won't it? Um, and yes, the ultimate judgment is when we stand before the, the, the throne of Christ and... He says to some on his right, enter into the joy of my kingdom. Some, he says, depart from me, you workers of iniquity. Okay, any other questions? Have you learned something about God? What have you learned about God? He's an awesome God, and that can be taken in a couple of ways, can it? He keeps his word. At the, at the end of Micah, there's those references to his steadfast love. That's the covenant-keeping love of God. Isn't it amazing that, I mean, think of yourself. Let's, not, let's, let's transfer what we just read about Israel and Judah to ourselves. If God cut us off for our sins, how many of us would still be saved? Yeah, you might as well go home, right? Because, but it's because God's love is unshakable, and God's covenants cannot be broken. And even when we sin, he provides salvation for us and forgiveness of sins. And we should always be—this is why we repeatedly confess our sins and turn to the Scriptures for, for guidance and for assurance of, salva of, of, of forgiveness. 
It's not about us, is it? In all those passages that we read about Israel being blessed in the future, and by the way, I, I don't want to open up a can of worms here, but you do realize you and I have been engrafted into Israel, right? We haven't really replaced Israel, but we've been engrafted into Israel. So these passages also apply to the church in, in that respect. Church is great. Church has never fallen into sin, has it? The church does not have apostates, does it? Church doesn't have liberals in it. Does, oh, liberals, apostates, same thing. Um, not sorry. Um, got carried away there. Uh, what keeps us? What restores us? Is it because we find the light finally went on in our brains and our minds and, and we said, oh, oh, we've been sinning, we should turn from our wickedness? Or has it been a work of God in our hearts? You see, in all those references about future blessing, they are combined with statements about God, what God will do. I will purify. I will make you a people of pure speech. I will take away your idols. I will do this. Our God is a refining fire. And his chastening brings about, restores the purity of his people. We talk about persecution in the church, but there's a side to that. We should say, God is chastening his people. He's chastening his people. It should wake us up. But it is God who works. Man's work faileth. Christ's availeth. Okay. Quick question. Anyway, one time for one more. Okay, I see that hand. See a lot of these judgments and the the sins of people that were God was bringing judgment for. You can see that in their own day and age. Just looking at at list going up. Yeah, things how they're crumbling and how they become wastelands almost still, and and a lot of butter. Yeah, that's that's key. Uh, brought the pot. Yeah. So uh, there, well, I would say this sin often carries its own judgment with it because sin is destructive. That is to take nothing away from the coming judgment that is delivered directly by God. Right? These destructive sins that we see working in our culture simply give us a preview of what comes. There, yeah. Did you notice in, I think it was Micah, there's actually an invitation given to turn and repent. And if you turned, I would not send the judgments that I've promised to, to send to you. The prophetic message always has that undercurrent of hope and an invitation, a, a, well, more invitation command, really, or promise that if you turn, I will withhold the judgment. There's always held out the hope of repentance and, and restoration. Okay, brothers and sisters, thank you for coming out. Uh, this is, we're going to close with our final hymn, which is 502, All for Jesus. It's not about us, it's all about him. 502.